Holy Spirit. And that is not three gods, and we don't create images and worship three separate gods. There's one God. Uh, we don't even have images of him because it's against the law and whatnot. But we worship him, okay? So, for instance, um, not trying to be morbid, but I think it's a good example, so I'll risk it. Uh, you've seen somebody that was lifeless without a spirit inside of them. It's clear that that person, you know, you go to the funeral and you see the body, and that person is there, right, because you can see them with your own eyes. But at the very same time, you can clearly tell that that person is not there, okay? It's because their spirit or their soul isn't there. All right, so when we're talking about the Holy Spirit of God, try not to think of him. I mean, there is a distinction between the Spirit and the Father and the Son, but try not to think so much about the distinction and just try to think about the unity of God, okay? So the Word, which is uh, Jesus, became flesh, all right? So that's your body, like I have a body. But then the, the, the God also has a spirit. And so it's that spirit that we're talking about today. So when Jesus was here on this earth, when he was walking around, uh, the Holy Spirit was still around as well, but it wasn't until Jesus left that he sent the Holy Spirit, okay? And then now we can all have a part of this. So as we examine the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit and the love of the Spirit uh, coming down for all of us, I don't want us to take for granted what we are looking at right here and right now. Okay, um, Before Jesus died on the cross and before he ascended into heaven and, and sent us the promise of the Spirit, um, in the Old Testament, we, the, the Old Testament people, they didn't have the same access to, to God's Spirit. Special instances, and, and, and not, that the, not that the individual was more special than anyone else, but special like people, okay, uh, for, that were called for a special purpose, would receive uh, this spirit to do special acts, okay? You know, people like Elijah. You know, he was just a man of God, and, and God put his spirit upon him. And um, even people like Noah, you know, like uh, they, God would put his spirit on them to do a special task. Um, I think this story is so cool in Numbers, um, in chapter 11. It's not in your notes. But um, Moses went... And the people were standing around the tent, and these, uh, he called 70, um, 70 leaders out, and he was going to anoint them. And verse 25 says, The Lord descended in a cloud and spoke to him, and he took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the 70 elders. As the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they never did it again. Um, two men had remained in the camp, and, and, and it goes on into verse 29. But Moses asked him, uh, because Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant to Moses, uh, he kind of got upset. And he's like, Moses, my Lord, stop them. <laughs> you got 70 people, and they're all prophesying. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> stop. <laughs> and Moses said, are you jealous on my account? If only all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord would place his spirit on them. I did, so I've been a Christian for like two decades or, or more, I don't know, a long time. And I, I didn't know this story for like a long, like to recently. <laughs> and Moses said, I wish that we could all prophesy and that we could all have God's spirit on us. But even in this one account, the 70 leaders that the, the were anointed, they all prophesied one time. The spirit rested on them. Took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70, 
And they all prophesied one time. And that was so significant that it is in the scriptures today. And Moses said, man, Joshua, don't get upset at 70 people. Because it was so unusual to have like more than one prophet. Like you'll see in different, different times in scripture, there might be two or three prophets at the same time. You know, but to have 70 all prophesying, Joshua's like, stop it. <laughs> you know, this is weird. And Moses is like, I wish everybody could prophesy. And then later, the prophet Joel, he, he stands up and he prophesies. He says, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And then, in the New Testament, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, you know what, guys? I have to leave. And they're like sad and worried and fearful and all that. And, and, they, and he says, but it's better that I go away. Because when I go away, I'm going to send the promise. And you'll know that I have made it back to the Father because you will receive the, the Spirit. And as the story goes on, a few days later, a few weeks later, Peter stands up. This is after Acts chapter 2. Let me get into some teaching time here in just a second. This is just some talking. And he says, so they're, they're in the upper room, and God sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, uh, tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem, and you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And they were waiting in that upper room, and they were praying, and there were 120 of them, and they were all in one accord. And the Holy Spirit came on them. Uh, and there were these invisible, this one-time act of visible tongues of fire that came upon them. And they all began to speak in other tongues. And they were filled. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter goes out. And there's a big crowd of people, thousands of people. And he said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And today, that promise is for all of us today. We can have the same spirit that, that was on Moses and on the 70 that were anointed. And the same spirit that was uh, prophesied about is here. And now we're living in that season. Okay? So just to, for distinction's sake, um, uh, Blake, could you come up here just for a second just to help me with this? Um, I... I want to just kind of clarify some things as well. So jump up here um, and, and hold this, okay? Just, just stand right here and hold this. Um, so this, is, this is, represents you, okay? And um, this is the Holy Spirit, all right? So some people say, oh, I've never, I don't, you know, maybe you don't speak in tongues here today. You say, I've never had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and so I'm not, I don't have the Holy Spirit in me, okay? Um, well, there is no such thing as, the, uh, as a Christian that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 6, and 7 is in your book. It says, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Amen? Amen. And so Ephesians 1 also says, having believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a depositing guarantee in our, in our inheritance. And so look at this right here. If you are a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit in you, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the water. We talked about that. And right here, you've got the Holy Spirit, 
All right, you might have a lot, you might have a little. I don't even want to get into the details because it's kind of confusing and I don't even know, you know, what level you're at right here, okay? But the idea is you are marked with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says that if you are living in the Spirit, you're walking by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you, okay? But there is a separate instance and we can see this all throughout, uh, especially the New Testament, after the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh. And, is, and God says that um, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 1, 4 to 5 says, on that occasion, he was eating with them, and he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the, what the Father has promised. He promises us this gift. And Matthew 3 says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming who is greater than I. This is John the Baptist talking. So much greater that I am not even worthy to tie his sandals. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I could go on and on and on. Because there are so many instances, especially in the book of Acts. And so this, this baptism is called the baptism. And what happens here is you are now full. So you say, do I have the Holy Spirit or do I not? Hold on. We want you to be full. You're full. <laughs> Don't move. You're full of spirit. Hallelujah. Here, let's just put this here. So just in case it drips. Let's, here, right here. Just stand right here. You can, you, too much spirit. Just, just hold it. You can never have too much. So now he's full. All right, so you see where it was? He had the indwelling. The Holy Spirit was dwelling inside of him. But now the Holy Spirit is full. Before we go a step further, I don't want you to, to get ahead of me. Sometimes we create this spiritual checklist. And we think, all right, I've confessed that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. And now I'm a Christian. What's next? I need to get baptized in water. Well, that's a good thing to do. Um, so you go and get baptized in water, and you confess to everybody, and you say, hey, um, this, is, this is my next step. And then sometimes here in our church, we say, all right, now I need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I need to get filled up um, because that's the next thing on the to-do list of Christianity. But stop for a second. This is not the next thing on a to-do list. Um, the, the Bible tells us that um, the Holy Spirit comes in us, and yes, you can have gifts of spirit like speaking in tongues, and speaking in tongues edifies yourself. Uh, it's in my notes, so I, can't, I don't remember where it is. Uh, it's in the Bible, though. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and it builds yourself up. So what we can do is we can say, hey, I, um, I'm so full of the Spirit. I want to get filled up. Congratulations, you got filled when you were 12 years old, and you got filled with the Spirit, and you even spoke in tongues. And that's it, and that's, that's for the rest of your life. I want you to think of this kind of like a tank, kind of like a gas tank. You know what I'm saying? Um, what, what happens is you put gas in your car so that it can sit in your garage and be filled with gas, right? That's kind of why we fill up our cars, right? Well, not exactly. <laughs> what happens is you, you get filled up. Uh, let go. <laughs> yeah. So that you can be poured out, all right? And when you pour out the Spirit, then you're using your gifts, you're using your anointing, you're using your abilities, you're using your everything you have, but then guess what? You need to get refilled, all right? Because you, use, you, get, you go a little ways, you know what I'm saying? You drive to Charlotte and back, you're going to be you know, on empty. Um, well, not quite unless you're like a Hummer, but <laughs> like... 
but whatever. You drive someplace. You got to drive to Raleigh and back. You're going to be on empty, all right? Because you just pour it out. You pour it out. You pour it out. Pour a little bit more out. Not, not too much. That's good. Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. Well, we have a mop. We have a mop. Here, let me do it. So <laughs> uh, let me do it. All right. all right. So you pour yourself out again. You know, you can pour yourself all the way out, all right? But guess what? Um, when you come to the Lord again and say, hey, God, I've been pouring myself out. I've been praying for people at this conference. I've been witnessing. I've been going home to home and been telling people about Jesus. Because God, the Spirit is in you so that you can be a witness, so that you can bless other people, so that you can do things for God. All right, amen, amen, come on, give it up. What we need to do then is be continually overflowing. Guess what? So now you're full. But then what do you do? Let go. You got to be poured out, poured out, poured out. All right? But Jesus said that you don't have to continually just be emptied and filled, empty and filled, empty and filled. Let me read it to you. He says in John chapter 7, this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so because Jesus said, hey, you know, it's better that I go away and then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Like that hadn't happened yet when he's speaking, uh, when John chapter 7 is being recorded. But John knew what was going to happen. And so he just kind of adds that little commentary later. And he said, not only will you have this one-time little gift of the Holy Spirit, but you are literally going to be so uh, filled up with the Holy Spirit. You're going to fill up to overflowing that you'll have streams of living water that are going to flow. So that as you are so full of the Holy Spirit, you just begin to be poured out. And pour it out and pour it out. And if you are filled up with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, then you're going to affect everybody around you. We all know people who go to a conference and they get all pumped up, but then they go home and they're no different than they were. But you also know people probably, and hopefully you're one of them, they say you get so filled up that everyone around you is affected. You are overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Blake. Give Blake a hand. Sorry about that. So let's talk real briefly um, about kind of this uh, nuts and bolts and, and what happens here. Keep in mind that there's a lot of mystery surrounding the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said I've just got all the answers. I know exactly everything about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. But he is the promise. Uh, John 14, if you love me, obey my commandments, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. He will never leave you. Um, God's touched you tonight and, uh, and, and this morning and, and yet last night, right? Um, how many of you know that this power that he gives you is necessary for what you're about to go into? Uh, you just uh, let go of some really incredible things this morning. Maybe uh, you, you had that soul tie and you were walking in codependence with your addiction or with those um, evil thoughts that God was putting in, that, that, that the enemy was putting in your mind. Or, or you had that evil soul tie to somebody in your past and now that's broken free and now you're all alone. <laughs> You need the Holy Spirit to be that advocate that will never leave you, 
So what you've done is you've traded in those generational curses for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You've traded in those thoughts of suicide for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You've traded in those acts of sin and addiction and pain and shame and all that guilt and unforgiveness for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You've given everything that the enemy wants to come against you. Now you can replace with that promise of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and your children, and for all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So the promise is for you today. Uh, you've been baptized, but that's not necessarily a precursor. Sometimes people get baptized in water, and then they get holy, filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's the other way around. Uh, the idea is that your heart says, I just want more of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Uh, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit is in us for us. And I mentioned that even speaking in tongues is, edifies yourself and it builds yourself up. But 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says the person who speaks in another tongue uh, builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So the, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you, but it is also for others, which is our next point. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. The Spirit is for others. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise from God. I've really hammered that one in, uh, what the Father has promised, and it's also a pattern in Scripture. So John foretold this gift, like I mentioned, uh, Matthew 3, 21, or 3, well, 11, but someone is coming who is greater than I that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, okay, well, we've got the Holy Spirit when we're saved. Yes, we do. I mentioned that. You get, you get a little uh, jar that's kind of halfway full. But, but then there is a subsequent thing, and we see that again modeled in the scripture. Um, uh, Luke 3 says, And as he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. That was Jesus when he was getting baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And this was in the birth of the church uh, in Acts chapter 2 when they were in the upper room. This is when uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, something that was never the case in the Old Testament since sin entered into this world. But now today, because of Jesus Christ and because of his blood and because of his resurrection, we can all have that grace that covers our sin and the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, which is uh, just incredible. So let's talk about some of, these, uh, this, the, some of the roles of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a pouring out of the Spirit's love, power, fruit, and gifts um, let's talk about the love. Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts. How? By the Spirit. By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Acts 4, 31 talks about uh, this, the power. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and, and spoke the word of God boldly. Have you ever been afraid to witness to somebody? Have you ever been afraid to do what God's called you to do? Well, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives you the words to say. He gives you the power to do that. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. So when you are connected with the Holy Spirit, then you begin to have that Christ-like character. Talked about that a few weeks ago. But that's what Jesus is like. We can be like Christ when we have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, you know, you can't have the kind of peace without the Holy Spirit. You know, you can have greater peace than uh, your unsaved 
loved ones. Even somebody, you know, monks, uh, like Buddhist monks, are known for how much peace they have. Because um, that's what they practice. But you can have greater peace because you have the true peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. This, the peace that Emily and the band was, was singing about. This, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he can come in. You can have more boldness than the lost people that are out there proclaiming their message when you have the Holy Spirit in you. And this is a great one. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, these are the different gifts of the Spirit, uh, is given a spirit of the message of wisdom. To another, message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And so when we have things like a, a word of knowledge, you know, uh, when Charity and I uh, realized uh, that we were pregnant, when Charity first told me uh, when, when she was pregnant with Selah, the first reaction I had uh, was that of fear. It took us a long time uh, to get pregnant, and I had fear. I was like, well, what if uh, she has a miscarriage? That was my first reaction. I pretended to be happy, but I was actually terrified inside. <laughs> and um, then, then I genuinely was happy, but I was just thinking, man, uh, what, what's going to happen if, you know, uh, Charity's going to be destroyed, and I'm going to have to try to comfort her. <laughs> I'm going to be sad. Um, it, and then we had all of these bad reports from the doctors. I think every single time we went to the doctor, they told us something new and something that was more negative. Uh, oh, your daughter's going to have club feet. Oh, your daughter's going to be born premature. Maybe she's going to be like super early and have to spend all this time in the NICU. Uh, she might not make it if she doesn't. Her lungs are going to not be this way. Her, your, your, oh, her body is super tiny and her head is, you know, normal size, but she's just not right. And it was just so much negativity. What God did for us, though, is he gave us a gift. It started even before we were pregnant, and it continued on into when uh, Selah was born. Even, even a powerful story about even giving us this name. He gave us a word of knowledge that said, hey, your daughter is going to be born. She's going to be healthy. She's going to be intelligent. This was before we even knew that she was a girl. It was a word of knowledge that God gave for us so that we would have that peace. All right? It didn't happen. It didn't happen with our son that's on the way. But we didn't need it. You know, because everything's been going good. But since every single thing was so negative before, God gave us multiple words of knowledge. He's given us uh, gifts of healing as well. Our daughter wasn't born with club feet. She was born absolutely healed and whole because God gave us that gift of healing. And those things are available for you today. Um, as we think about this conference, as we think about walking out of here healed and whole, I want to remind you what Zechariah uh, seven, uh, excuse me, 4, 6 says. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Did you know that you don't have enough power in you to overcome the, the enemy without the power of the Holy Spirit? That without God, we are weak and powerless and defenseless against the enemy. That's why we were living in sin before we gave our hearts over to the Lord and the Spirit entered us. But... It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you can overcome every single obstacle that the enemy wants to throw against you. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. 
Do you want to let go of some of those um, soul ties? You don't have enough strength to do it without the Holy Spirit. You need God's power. For, you to, for some of you to forgive somebody that's hurt you the way that you've been hurt, it is impossible without the Holy Spirit. But you don't have to be strong enough to forgive somebody who has hurt you. You don't have to be strong enough to forgive that person and, and to stop resenting the person from your path. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. Amen? So what keeps many of us from receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit? Well, number one is fear. The Holy Spirit might hurt me, people say. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. Think about this. Uh, in Luke chapter 11, that's the verse where we hear ask, seek, and knock. And if you're asking for the Holy Spirit today, if you're seeking for it, for him, and you're knocking, then you will receive it. But uh, in verse 13, uh, God says, you know what? You guys, uh, you, you, you human fathers that are wicked, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Sometimes it's unbelief. This is a big one. We think, oh, God doesn't do that today. Hebrews 13 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to touch on this real briefly. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, that's that love chapter. Uh, it says, love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. And some people will take that verse and they interpret it and they say, well, you know, tongues is going to come to an end. So those apostles and those, those prophets in the Bible, like they got to do that kind of thing, but, but not us today. Kind of like Joshua from the Old Testament. And they're kind of like, hey, pastor, look, these guys are speaking in tongues and they, they shouldn't be doing that because it says right here it's going to come to an end. And, and, and the pastor is kind of like Moses and he's like, hey, I wish we could all prophesy. I wish we could all speak in tongues. I want to look at, look at it closely, though. It says, as for tongues, they will cease. That's going to happen, okay? But has it happened yet? As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Has, has knowledge come to an end? <laughs> so, so it's clear. Knowledge hasn't come to an end, okay? Prophecies haven't come to an end. I mean, we had prophecies... But as for tongues, they will cease. So at the end of the age, when Jesus comes, when heaven and earth become one again, then there's going to be no more need for tongues. There'll be no more need for prophecies. This knowledge, this supernatural knowledge and these gifts of the Holy Spirit won't be necessary anymore. But, but love will remain even to the ends of the earth. That's what it's saying. It's not saying that when, uh, you know, so what I want to do right now, I only have like a couple minutes left, but I want to look at every single time in Scripture when uh, Jesus, you know, or, or, when, or when one of the apostles was saying, hey, this is when, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is no longer active in our lives uh, right now. Um, and there aren't any. There aren't any instances in Scripture where, where he says, all right, this is, this is the only time. And that's talking about in the future, at the end of this age. Sometimes we have pride. I like your book. It says, uh, God helps those who help themselves, James 4, 6. Okay, that's not quoting James 4, 6. God helps them that help themselves is not in the Bible. It's not true. God helps you if you serve other people. Um, uh, James 4, 6 says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And maybe you're unaware. Acts 19 is Paul, and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? A worship team could come back at this time as I wrap up. Uh, Paul was talking and he said, hey guys, you're believers. You're here talking about this baptism that you've received. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? 
And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he says, into what then were you baptized? Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Keep in mind, baptisms were really popular. They're already baptized into God's name and all that, but they've never been baptized into Jesus. And when they had laid, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in other tongues and to prophesy. This shows that there is a separate instance after when you receive the Holy Spirit for the first time upon salvation, when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. How can I be baptized in God's Spirit? Believe it is in God's Word and is for you. Clean out any sin or selfish motives in your life. Be open to all that God did in His Word. Ask and keep asking until you know that you are baptized. And I'm going to add one thing. Pour yourself out and continually be refilled. Maybe some of you in here can tell me, yes, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But this afternoon, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because I hope that you've poured yourself out. Can you stand with me? And I'm going to read this prayer. And then I'll give you some further instructions. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit to all who would ask. I believe he lives in me so I might know you as Father and have eternal life. Now I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fill me to overflowing with your love, power, fruit, and gifts that others may also come to know you and trust you. You said to ask, and so I ask for your Spirit's initial baptism. Thank you for baptizing me with the Spirit so that I know it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'd invite all of you. Could, we, could our prayer team come and just uh, kind of be uh, in front, like by the altar and facing that way? And then um, as we begin to sing, I'd invite everybody that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit to come forward. And at least in a couple times, there is it includes the laying on of hands. But um, that's not necessary, but we're going to do that. And then Paul did that. And we're going to pray for you that you are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind, if you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, this is for you too. You can be refilled today. You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you, but you can. Um, and, and then just begin to, to pray and to tarry. You can linger up here at the front. Or you can go back to your seat. But uh, let's pray now and just receive everything that God has for us.